0: Mary, Maria, Sprout! Fifteen seconds to curtains, you three! Oh! Oh, no one's here. Well,
1: I guess I'll just be going then.
0: Hi! Welcome to the Muppet Fans Talking Podcast! I'm Mary.
1: Yeah. And I'm Sprout.
0: <laughs> Alright! Hello. The podcast nice to see y'all again
2: yeah all
0: right what are our uh top of the show news of the week
2: uh kermit performed at the Capitol fourth matt did a great job he, he did fantastic so good
0: i really wish they didn't speed run rainbow connection yeah but i liked a lot of the other bits he did
2: that was really weird for the people who didn't watch uh, the, the version of Rainbow Connection that he sang, it cut a few lines and it also made it really faster. It was weird. They didn't do that with any mm-hmm. of the other songs, Very. so I don't understand why they did that with Kermit. It kind of felt like, okay, let's get the puppet off the screen, which, yeah. you know, kind of insulting to me, at least. <laughs>
0: that was the whole reason I was there. <laughs> yeah, he was the only reason I watched.
2: Yeah. Same. I was like, I'm only here for Kermit. I did like the the mm-hmm. um, stuff he did with the host. I can't remember her name right now, um, but uh, we, Vanessa Williams. Yes, Vanessa Williams. Uh, we we got a lot of great stuff with her. And Kermit had a bit of how he pays a frog doppelganger to sit in the Smithsonian, which is where you know the original Kermit pu- puppet is. So, so funny. I
0: I liked my theory better.
2: Yeah. Your theory is insane.
0: <laughs> it's so much fun, though. Okay, so here's my theory. So you y'all y'all know about like dimensional travel and stuff. If not, I highly recommend either watching Into the Spider Verse or Phineas and Ferb Across the Second Dimension. Those are going to be your easiest guides to what the what I'm going to talk about. So I think every year. Kermit crosses into another dimension, steals an an alternate Kermit, Kermit, and then traps him in the Smithsonian. But every year, what, that that Kermit escapes, so every year he has to fill in for them while the museum's open, and then while it closes, he has to go he has to cross dimensions and grab another Kermit.
1: Is that how we got Constantine?
0: That might be, Constantine might have been a flip in the system that caused it.
2: Canonically, and this is something that Matt has talked about and Constantine has talked about, that uh, Kermit and Constantine are distant cousins, and that's why they look similar. But Constantine was born in Russia, and he was born in a frozen pond, and all of his brothers and sisters died except for him, and that's why he's so evil.
1: It's like a, like, distant cousin sounds like a cover-up for pulled from another dimension. Pulled from another
0: dimension.
2: Both of you are watching low- The
1: dimension where
0: everyone's Russian.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a Russian accent in one dimension. And we're gonna take you there.
1: The dimension where Russia rules the entire planet. Everyone speaks Russian.
2: (laughs) Uh, It's like uh, if uh, the Tower of Babel happened, but only with Russian accents.
0: <laughs> exactly. It's it's the Russian dimension as I like to call it.
2: The Russian Tower of Babel. <laughs> 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 oh, okay. Um what I was going to say um that was great. There's also a thing about him uh jogging about the Olympics which was really funny and he had a great outfit. Um he looked I like Richard it. Simmons and I love it.
1: <laughs> just needs the hair also that clip just made me really want muppet olympics solely to see a bunch of puppets thrown across the screen
2: it needs to be hosted by louis Kazagger. i miss <laughs> louis kazager yes get back bring louis Kazagger!
1: i love it
2: so that's I another that's another goal for muppets fan talking is uh, bring back louis kazager with Muppet Sports.
0: <laughs> Speaking of uh, another character, we want brought back. Elmo got a puppy, and yeah. no, n- no insult to this new puppy that Elmo has, but I miss Barkley. I miss Barkley yeah. so much. I love that dog. I love the co- I love the costume. I love the puppet. Mm-hmm. I miss Barkley.
2: One of my first puppets was named Barkley after him Aww. because I love Barkley so much.
1: And Fred Garbo Garver, the puppeteer for Barkley. That's his favorite character to play.
2: Oh. Bring Bla bring bring back Barkley. That was a lot of B words.
0: Hashtag bring back Barkley.
2: <laughs> Hell yeah.
0: Alright, so do you have any other top of the show news?
2: Not that I can think I, of. I can't think of anything.
0: All right, Sprout, you ready to take over?
1: Alright, so this week's topic is the hit classic, Follow That Bird.
2: I have my big bird socks on.
1: (laughs) Love that. I want big bird socks. That sounds super cool. So I thought thought for this episode we would just take it um, going through the synopsis of the movie. So spoilers if anyone hasn't seen a movie from 1985. (laughs) (laughs) And... Talk about fun trivia along the way. So, well, I'm going to get through the saddest bit of trivia before we start. Oh, no. This is Jim's final performance of Kermit, as well as Ernie and as and other characters in a theatrical film. And this was the last feature film featuring Jim and
0: Richard Hunt. That's a good note to go out on with this movie.
1: Yeah. it's It's a very special movie to be for that reason. Um, they filmed it in Ontario, Canada, and because it was filmed in Canada, a lot of their extra puppeteers on hand were be were also working on Fraggle Rock at the time, which is super exciting.
0: It's um, all connected.
1: It's all connected. I mean, when you have puppeteers already in Canada, you use them. It helps. So, the opening of this movie is amazing. It's. The Grouch Anthem. I honestly don't know why it's there, but I appreciate it being there.
0: It's glorious. I love it. It's perfect. Bless it.
2: Do we know if uh, that orange Grouch uh, that's on the left side of the screen is the original Oscar Oscar puppet?
1: I don't know, but I would like to think that it is. That would just make me. Is very that the happy. original Oscar? It looks like it. No,
0: we don't know. Yeah. It does look like it. I like to cause trouble on purpose. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's just Oscar. So after the, <laughs> it's just Oscar. Um, after the opening of the film, we go to the Feathered Friends Board talking about their new case in in question, which is Big Bird because he's an orphan in the middle of New York. Right. With no birds,
0: I'm sorry, but I have to bring this up because it genuinely bothers me. Bird have a legal guardian. Why isn't? Why aren't any of the of the humans signing on to be his legal guardian? Why Why okay. isn't the count signing on? Why isn't okay. Bert Ert and Bernie signing on?
2: Okay, okay, okay. So we know that Big Bird had a mom because he talks about her. Yeah, uh, like well, he had in... a whole family. Yeah, yeah. We we if, know this. We and...
1: watch. I don't remember if it's specifically episode one, but it's really early on. He has yeah. a photo book with his parents, and I believe he has a brother as well.
2: hmm And they just abandoned him? Well, hold on. It, he talks about his mom a lot from, like, season one to season five, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but then, after that, he only talks about his granny bird. So I'm just assuming something happened to his... Uh, uh, either parents and brother or just the mom, um, because he, he doesn't really talk about his dad that much. I know he has a picture of them, but having a picture of your dad and, you know, having a relationship with your dad are two completely different things.
0: (laughs) You are correct. Like, he's all
2: alone there.
0: Why isn't anybody signing on to help this child is what I'm wondering.
2: It's not all alone. He he does have the community, which is the whole crux of the plot.
1: That and, like, there's scenes, like, I know they did a special where Big Bird went to the hospital and Maria took him. And she basically signed as his guardian. They, they made a whole point of it. They ask, are you the guardian? And she's like, no. Well, yeah. Does
2: this mean that Gabby and, and Big Bird are siblings? Oh, that's a cute thought.
0: Yeah, I'll take it.
2: <laughs> I love that. So
1: Mrs. Finch, who is one of the social workers of this group, goes to Sesame Street and convinces him by
0: Catherine Mullen.
1: Yes. Um they convince him that he should live with the bird family and do bird thing. And she offers a family with some dodos in Ocean View, Illinois. He decides to go and asks Snuffy to watch over his nest while he's gone. Fun facts about the movie. Starting here. The movie was filmed shortly after production wrapped for the 15th season. And um the opening shots, we are introduced to Telly, who is being played by Martin P. Robinson for the first time. Woo. This was his first time? This was his first time playing Telly. Yeah. And um, Fred Garbo
2: Garver, this was his first time playing Barkley. Did great. I I just, before we get into anything, I want to talk about the set and just how amazing and alive it feels. Like, I love the set. Uh, I I love the, uh, like, original set. And plus with, you know, um, how it was recorded and the fuzz of the television Mm -hmm. would make it seem more real because your eyes can't really see through that um, you know, definition. So you see it and you're like, oh, that's a real place. But whenever you see it, like how it was filmed for the, for the film, you're like, oh, that's a real place. That's a real yeah. street. There's, there's so many it's tiny so details that I love, such as the very first
1: shot of the movie when it opens, the, there's a music store across the street from Hooper's. And on top of the music store is all these different pigeon cages where Bert is tending to these pigeons and it makes me so happy
0: love it dearly it's it's gorgeous
1: so many tiny details like that Mm -hmm. we also see some of the other um, main characters that are going to be throughout the movie later obviously like Grover the count cookie and another fun fact I would like to bring up that I have been very excited to talk about this entire week yeah I'm ready all of the puppeteering for the Count was done by Richard Hunt, and then dubbed really? over by Jerry Nelson.
0: Really, I yeah. did not know that.
1: Isn't that wild?
0: That is wild. Jerry must have just been working on Fraggle Rock during that time.
1: That—that's my guess. Um, I know he was credited as doing puppeteering as well, so I'm sure he—he he did other stuff. I know, like. I think Harry had maybe one line at the end, things like that. And I'm sure he'd helped with other characters, but Richard did all of the puppeteering for the count.
0: He did a really good job. And I think Jerry mm-hmm. would like, I think Jerry would have been happy knowing Richard did it. Cause they were yeah. very close.
1: Um, skipping to where he's flying out to Illinois. Uh, the plane, the big bird takes the airline is CTW referencing the children's television workshop. Aww.
2: Oh, that's that. adorable! <laughs> also, I love that Big Bird has radar with him. Same.
0: I love that bear
1: radar so much. So good. It made me so happy. I got the Sesame Street Lego set, and it came with a little Lego radar.
0: Oh, I love that!
1: The cutest. Um, when he finally lands in Illinois and meets the Dodos, there is the mother and father Dodo. And then two siblings, Donnie and Marie, who are uh, named after Donnie Osmond and Mary Osmond.
0: Mm. I just want to make a quick note that uh, Mommy Dodo is voiced by Lorraine Newman, who did not do the puppeteering. But Lorraine Newman was an original member, uh, original cast member of Saturday Night Live, I'd say, within the the first few seasons. She was there with uh, Gilda Ratner, Chevy Chase, uh, Bill Murray. Uh, John Belushi, she was there with all of them. So I just wanted to make a quick note of that.
1: Once Big Bird gets to live with the Dodos, he realizes that he doesn't really fit in that great. They are, as the name
0: implies,
1: Dodos. Mm-hmm. And um, he's getting really down about it. They
0: call oh. him, like, Big Dodo, which is, like, they very do. insulting. Mm-hmm. They don't want to, like, play what he wants to play, and it's just
1: i i love in his letter how his favorite time of the day is when the family is running away from being ran over by the lawnmower
2: (laughs) this bird chose violence it's
1: it's such a little shit move and i love it
0: it's such a funny scene too
2: yeah
0: (laughs) my favorite part of the letter which was I cried twice when I watched this movie a few weeks ago was uh when Maria's reading the letter and she says what Big Bert wrote which is I should be happy here what's wrong with me.
2: Yeah uh, that got which, me too oh. <laughs>
0: that uh, that messed with me so bad.
2: Yeah that that's a that's a mood that Ugh. part's rough. Yeah.
1: Um but on that note he wasn't happy. So he makes the decision after Snuffy sends him a postcard asking to come visit, and the dodos tell him, no, you need to be friends with birds, he decides to run away. Um, Miss Finch tells reporter Kermit the Frog that she intends to reclaim him because Kermit goes on air to file um, as a newscaster talking about the missing persons. Um, his friends on Sesame Street all see this news and they band together to try to find Big Bird before Miss Finch does and take various modes of transportation to try to go cross-country to find him.
0: I ran about the various modes of transportation for a minute? Yeah. How is Big Bird going to fit into any of those?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, luckily, if it was the beetle, Cookie's already eaten so much of it. He can sit in the engine. It'd be like a convertible.
0: (laughs) Like, yeah, he can... Like, the only things he could fit in was Oscar's car and (laughs) the eaten beetle after it got eaten. What was Grover gonna do?
1: (laughs) He's super Grover. He's super strong.
0: What was the Count gonna do in his one... In his one-man little whoremobile? What were... (laughs) What what were Bert and Ernie going to do in their two-seater airplane that they can't land in time?
1: I'm assuming Bert and Ernie were just going to strap them to the plane. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know we can't fly. <laughs> also, uh, on the topic of the Count's car, I love it. I, I want that car. If I walked outside my building right now and there was someone pulled up in that car, I'm hopping in and we are going to have a great time. That's You're what's right. going on. You're right. I love I love the Count's mobile. I love it so much. <laughs> uh,
2: I I want to talk about whenever they were uh, watching Kermit's report because the mm-hmm. Count watching the report was so cute. But also, it has this great uh, image uh, of Bert and, and Ernie in-, in their house, and uh, it's like a full body shot. Um, there's mm-hmm. the windows behind them. But you can't see the windows in the shot, so it makes me think that maybe in that version, like the Ontario version of the set, the windows are either much higher or just not there. (laughs) Also, the the painting in between their chairs is different than the painting on set, on the, you know, set. Um, It's very different. It's very different. It has like a blue background and the one Mm -hmm. that we usually have has like a purple-pink background. Also, they both have like drinks on their little side table, <laughs> and I know it's supposed to be like apple juice, but it does look like scotch. So it really, does. So, <laughs> it, so I like to imagine that they were just having a just having a little drink before bed. I I
1: also love those shots of everyone watching the news solely because Bert and Ernie's cute little puppet legs are adorable. <laughs>
2: okay, so, so Bert. Canonically, Bert is taller than Ernie, so why are his feet so high? on? T- Maybe he has his <laughs> legs in a weird position. I don't know. But it, from that angle, it looks that like Bert is smaller than Ernie because of how his legs are up off the ground.
0: Maria, you know that gay people don't know how to sit properly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't see me right now, but I my legs are everywhere. <laughs> gay people, we can't sit. To our our um, straight listeners, if you don't understand what we mean, it's just gay gay people can't sit properly in chairs. That was the joke. it's true. Anyway,
1: I also love the shot of the count in his castle just being his whore self.
0: Oh, I love it. I love I love <laughs> I, love, I love the whore cave so much. It's
2: perfect. It's so good. <laughs> T um, calling the count a whore.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm saving mine. I'm saving mine.
2: <laughs> that was mine. It's my one whore. Once just to make fun of you two. One! One whore! Ah, ah! Ah, ah,
0: ah! One! One word! Two! Two word! One! One word remaining! Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah! Uh.
2: Mary just um, went on a journey.
0: <laughs> I'm always
2: going on a journey <laughs> you're always a trip
0: i am
1: my one actual note of trivia for the scene is solely the fact that chevy chase playing the news reporter opens with the quote of um won't you be my neighbor from mr robert roger's neighborhood
2: it's very good I love that Chevy Chase canonically is a newscaster in the Sesame Street universe. That can't read. That cannot
0: read. (laughs) Lorraine is canonically a dodo mother, and Chevy is himself. (laughs)
1: So everyone's going on a quest in their different various vehicles to get to Toadstool, Indiana, where they expect to meet with Big Bird. Um, Along the way, Big Bird hitches a ride with a trucker who encourages him to persevere on his long journey. He later meets two kids named Ruthie and Floyd on a farm and sleeps in their barn overnight before seeing Miss Finch the next day and
0: sneaking away. All right, we have two songs we need to go over here. Uh, the first being the one where Big Bird's in the car with Waylon Jennings. And, wait, we have three mm-hmm. songs, actually. And they sang Ain't No Road Too Long, which is a bop. And I just want to make a note right now that while Waylon Jennings is a country superstar, a legend, great singer, he did a great job on the song. Jerry Nelson steals the show, as the count in his one verse. you
2: right. Obviously.
1: Obviously. It's Jerry Nelson. I mean, he always steals the show.
2: It's Jerry Nelson. I had a
0: nickel. <laughs> it's Jerry Nelson, guys. Guys, if I if I had a nickel for every time Jerry Nelson stole a stole a song in a movie that he only has like one verse or one line in, I'd have two nickels, which is not a lot, but you know, still impressive that it happened twice.
1: <laughs> my my one piece of trivia for one of these songs, the um, "Easygoing Day."
0: Oh, I love that song. Well, here's a fun fact
1: about it. According to Noel McNeil, after filming the footage of Big Bird on the farm, the filmmakers discovered that the film was badly scratched and unusable, so they had to get the actors, the crew, all the performers back to reshoot, but it was months later and during the winter, so a lot of the green leaves that you see are spray-painted, and after each take, the kids would have to run and put on coats because it was so
2: cold.
0: Oh they didn't, no! Those kids are troopers. Those
2: are those they kids are. are troopers. Yeah. Also, yeah, Carol is troopers. I just for, is a trooper for being inside that bird, right?
0: True. But I I just want to get a quick note and say that a uh, big bird and easygoing day. Ah, uh, he he invented cottagecore. I think that's <laughs> uh, safe to say. I want to just go over the song we didn't talk about. Ah, uh, one little star. Mm-hmm.
2: It's nice. Oh, it's so good. It's very pretty. I love it. It's
0: gorgeous. Yeah. It's very. It's a nice song.
2: Olivia has such a beautiful voice. I'm calling everyone by their character mm-hmm. names. I'm so- sorry. I grew up with it. <laughs> so I, I don't know their actors' names that well. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> no, but she did a fantastic job. She's got a gorgeous mm-hmm. voice.
2: Mm-hmm. Um. Also, the harmonies with Big Bird is so good.
0: Carol was really... Like killing it. This entire movie he is killing
2: it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. So after he escapes
1: Miss Finch, he comes across a cornfield and is spotted by Bert and Ernie in their plane. Big Bird is unaware that it's them and thinks that it's Miss Finch because sure, she just gets a plane now. And um, while they try to steer towards Big Bird to get his attention, he hides in the cornfield. And the boys get distracted while singing and lose sight of him.
0: I feel like I want to say that we've touched on this scene a little bit before in the Frank Oz podcast. Mm -hmm. With um, Frank and Jim puppeteering Bert and Ernie upside down in an airplane, feet off the ground, which, how, why?
1: Sanity. This is my favorite scene for just information on this film because it is so wild. I love... I'm going to read this one verbatim because it makes me laugh. Um, Jim Henson and Frank Oz really were on an airplane in the air performing Bert and Ernie during close-ups. Frank Oz was genuinely freaked out the whole time, though Jim didn't mind at all.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> it's Jim yeah. being like, I don't want to die, and Jim being like, hey, whatever happens, happens. <laughs>
2: Big Bert and Ernie energy right there.
0: It really is.
2: Um,
1: also, the entire scene with like big bird running away from the plane and everything is a spoof of a scene from Alfred Hitchcock's film North by Northwest. In which Cary Grant's character hides in a cornfield after a crop duster attacks. Um, the The pesticide clouds in this version are replaced with Bert's falling bottle cap collection. And the homage wasn't in the screenplay originally. But when the director, Quap- Quapis, uh brought up the idea, he was pretty surprised the pr- producer said sure and said it would be a parental bonus
2: in the movie.
0: It was good. I think it's really interesting.
2: Yeah. I've talked about this on the podcast. I want to know if Bert got his bottle cap collection back. I'm so worried about I'd it. I'd like to imagine they... They flew
1: back out there with some metal detectors
0: or some magnets.
2: <laughs> I, I I understand Bert's bottle cap collection the most out of all of his collections because they're worth mm-hmm. a lot of money and they they're also very unique and very pretty. You mean you wouldn't want to collect paper clips? I mean, not, I, not for listen, me. I, I've been packing and I went through all of my stationery. I have so many paper clips and uh, like different types of pens. I think I could start a paperclip collection. Well, there you go, you just need a cigar box and you're good to go. Yeah.
0: I'm very passionate about pens, but that's because I used to be a waitress and everyone would steal my pens. Oh no. So I'm very passionate about my pens now.
2: passionate <laughs> <laughs> about my pens because I, I was the stage manager and director's assistant and uh, the director would always steal my pens. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm still to this day afraid of owning nice pens i get that i have a fear of owning
1: nice stationery because i don't want to use it for something stupid that's fair back on the topic of uh all oh, that bird though so after he gets away from burt nerney he he also is being sought after by two con artists brothers Sid and sam who call themselves the Slees brothers and have the Sleaze Brothers Fun Fair, and they want to capture him in order to use him as an attraction to get people to come to their carnival. Eventually, while all of this is playing out, Big Bird comes to Toadstool, which is where everyone's supposed to meet up. Miss Finch finds him, and he runs away to the outskirts of town, asking the Sleaze Brothers if they could help him hide. And they hide him in a hiding cage and oh, tell him he's not allowed my. to leave. They decided to paint him blue so no one would know it's him since he's a wanted child and called him the blue bird of happiness.
0: And then he proceeds to sing the saddest song in the movie.
1: Yeah. Um, My one, my one, one piece of trivia for this song is Carol Spinney broke down into tears after filming I'm So Blue.
0: I I break down into tears every time I hear it. It's It's so sad. It's such a gorgeous performance (laughs) and scene. And, oh, I totally believe every frickin' moment of Big Bird being so sad. Like, I know in Muppet movies when, like, the characters are sad, you're like, okay, it's the movie. I know they're not actually sad. Big Bird being sad, I fully believe. Yeah, I
1: never want to see Big Bird that sad. That just breaks my heart again. Yeah,
0: the Bluebird puppet, the Bluebird puppet is gorgeous and beautiful. Mm-hmm. I hate the stupid pants they put them in, but like you know, it's a, <laughs> still a gorgeous. I like the pants, and it's just agree to disagree. And <laughs> yeah. it's such a. It's such a heartbreaking performance. It really is. With, like, the tear mechanism they give him. His literal cries. Mm-hmm. You feel like you're hearing a child, like, crying. Yeah. And, like, the actual kids in the crowd are so bummed. It is, mm-hmm. ugh.
2: I wonder if that puppet still exists.
0: I hope so. It's gorgeous.
2: It is. There's the the uh, statue of it uh, at the Smithsonian. I saw that.
0: It's so good.
2: It's so pretty, too.
0: I just want to say that I love how uh, the back of the puppet, there's still quite a few yellow feathers in there because yeah. they didn't do a good job painting them.
1: They cheaped out.
0: Uh, listen to the I'm So Blue song. Please do. Even <laughs> if you don't want to watch the full movie, watch that sequence. It's so beautiful.
1: Yeah. It's very nice. It's very sad.
0: <laughs> I think that might be my favorite scene in the whole movie. I... I think it's because I'm like kind of like a glutton for punishment in that sense. I love all oh my the God. sad scenes and stuff. So I love I love rewatching that scene over and over again and just making myself sad.
1: I have a lot of favorite, just tiny moments, but I love that scene so much. That's definitely up there for one of them. So after the show, two kids sneak backstage to see Big Bird and they ask if he's real. And the first thing he's like, he's like, please call my friends on Sesame Street. Um, which they do. The next morning, um, after everyone finds out where Big Bird is, they sneak into the carnival to try to get him out. And while they're fumbling to unlock his cage, the Sle- the sleeze brothers wake up and see what's happening. And they start driving off with Big Bird still in the cage, so they can't get him. And it turns into this wild goose chase via cars to try to get him to jump out of the cage and into the Volkswagen with Gordon
0: I love the scene where Gordon's like come on come on bird just just jump and Big Bird's like Gordon we know this is unsafe
1: <laughs> I, I see that as the okay this is a Sesame Street film we have to make it very known that we know this is wrong for children to do
0: <laughs> same but it's such a cute moment I love it it's yeah. so Big Bird
2: if you can really tell, tell that he is six years old in this scene. I should be sitting
0: down! Yeah. This entire movie really reminds you Big Bird is a child.
1: Yeah. Um, My one note for this is the fact that when Big Bird's asking the children to contact Sesame Street, he asks them to call Mr. Looper's store which is an ongoing reference from the earlier seasons where he always mispronounced Mr. Hooper's name.
0: I just wanted to make a quick note cuz I forgot to mention this earlier. I like the uh, Volkswagen scenes because there's all these humans sitting in a car normally. Then I just like to picture Frank Oz just laying <laughs> on the floor arm up with Cookie Monster and Grover. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. It's very
0: amusing to me. Um all
1: of the scenes with Oscar driving There was never, they never used the two-armed Oscar puppet during the entire filming of this movie. It was all like the honkers where there's only one arm in the head. They did a really,
0: they did a great job with Oscar.
1: did. Oh my god, Carol's performance of Oscar is one of my favorite things in this entire movie. Solely because there's so many moments where it's just, his puppeteering is so tender you can see so much emotion without even saying anything.
0: He is so good in this movie.
1: He did it's such really good. a good job.
2: Uh, also his, his uh, storyline with uh, Maria is just so funny and yes. so heartwarming.
1: Maria and Oscar's friendship is one of my favorites in Sesame Street because they play off of each other so well.
0: You
1: really do. Um, I also enjoyed having Telly in this movie. I mean, other than the fact it's Marty's first time puppeteering as him, but I love Telly so much. So it was cool to have him as, like, a
2: regular. Of love Telly. Tell- Telly is, like, my era of Sesame Street that I, I yeah. just love him so much.
1: Telly and Baby Bear.
2: Yeah. Iconic duo. So... They
1: manage to get Big Bird. The Sleaze Brothers get arrested for being sleazy. And yeah. And it, it cuts to them back on Sesame Street. And Miss Finch shows up again. She admits to Big Bird that the Dodos weren't a great match for him, but she found another home for him. And in which Mary goes on a long spiel about how happy he is on sesame street and it doesn't matter if his family is humans and monsters and other species and afterwards (laughs) miss finch declares that sesame street is his home and leaves satisfied and the film closes with oscar being carried around around the block to try to get
0: over everyone's happiness
2: talk about maria's speech (laughs) <laughs> yeah. We we have
0: to talk about the um her her speech. She talks about everyone who lives on Sesame Street. <laughs> Which includes humans, dogs, children, gay people.
2: <laughs> yes, it goes okay, here's a go it goes we have humans on Sesame Street, children, dogs, cows, Bert and Ernie. She singled them <laughs> out and it makes it sound like she's she's like, we also have gay people here. <laughs> We just want you guys to know. <laughs> don't want you to forget. We don't want you to forget. We have horrors on Sesame Street. Stop. <laughs> you used your one your one uh <laughs> t- permitted use of it the word no it. more. It was worth it. It was okay. worth it. Um, um zero zero was left. dish. Uh uh. uh. <laughs> De- Debbie Spinney is is in the in the crowd of humans.
0: Uh, it makes
2: me so happy. I love Debbie.
0: She's so gorgeous.
2: She is. If you don't know Debbie and Carol. Uh, were married, and they're just the sweetest couple ever. <laughs> I I love her so yeah. much. um,
1: um there is also <laughs> when when Big Bird is talking to everyone about the trip it cuts to like different shots of Muppets within the windows on Sesame Street. And one of them is Elmo. And it was the first time Elmo was seen to be Elmo because the movie premiered before the next season where he was introduced.
2: Yeah. And it makes me wonder if, um, because you can, you can hear a little bit of noise uh, from Elmo. And you can mm-hmm. obviously hear that it's Richard Hunt, so it makes me yeah. think it, when the movie was like re-released on you know, DVD and, and other stuff, mm-hmm. uh, was it re-recorded by, by Kevin Orion as Elmo now, or has it just stayed always as uh, Richard's Elmo? I'm assuming it stayed the same. If I had to guess. I, I know that there was some... Uh, I can't remember which it was, but there was something... That was, like, Richard's puppeteering of Elmo that was uh, re-recorded later by either Kevin Mm -hmm. or Ryan uh, in the normal, regular Elmo voice. It was, like, a song or something that that Elmo did.
1: I I would think they would keep it the same just because, like, it's not, like, a big scene of him talking. He's just there for a second.
2: He just makes, like, a a wah or some sort of noise like that. Yeah. Which I find it so funny because
1: that's the only time you see him. But on newer releases, Elmo's on the front cover
2: (laughs) for the movie. Well, it's because he's marketable, guys. (laughs) He's so marketable. He's a star. He really is.
1: I also love in that scene, if you look in the other windows, one of them has Prairie Dawn with Roosevelt Franklin. Mm. And anytime I see Roosevelt Franklin,
2: I'm so excited. I have the same level of excitement for both Roosevelt Franklin and Prairie Dawn. I love them both dearly. I like to imagine they hang out. (laughs) They like to hang out. Um, They like to. My one other note. (laughs) They like to teach together. Okay.
1: They do. My my one other note is during the credits. The count comes up and he starts counting all of the credits. And Joan Ganz Cooney comes up, he says, hi, mom, because she
2: is noted as the mother of Sesame Street.
0: (laughs) She created
2: it. We did. I I just I remember uh, watching it. I I rewatched it a few nights back in preparation for this episode. And I was really tired and like I was about to fall asleep. And then when Count said like, hi, mom, I fully woke up and started like stimming and flapping my hands like, (laughs) oh, my gosh. He called Joan his mom. It's so good. Yeah. Another thing I
0: like is with all the character, all the credits before that he goes one, one director, one, one executive producer. And when Joan's name comes up, he goes one, one Joan
2: Ganz Cooney. My mom. <laughs> he says on. her name, and I love that. It's what she it's deserves. So I love it. She deserves everything. It is she- this is. This is it. This is what she deserves.
0: <laughs> I mean, he's right. There is only one Joan Ganz Cody.
1: Yeah, that is very true. An icon she is. That sounded really? like Yoda's. <laughs> it did. An
0: icon she is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, so the movie, despite universal acclaim... It only ranked 62nd highest-grossing film in 85. And even Porky's Revenge and Baby, Secret of the Lost Legend, made more money.
2: Uh.
1: It is because Follow That Bird premiered on the same day as Fright Night and Weird Science and had heavy competition that year, including Back to the Future, Mad Max, Beyond uh, Thunderdome, Pee-wee's Big Adventure, The Black Cauldron, National Lampoon's European Vacation, the reissues of Gremlins, Ghostbusters,
2: and E.T. Kind of like how Muppets Most Wanted uh, went against the last Hunger Games film. So of course people are going to go see the Hunger Games film. Yeah. Yeah.
1: However, the movie did amazingly with home release. Yeah, yeah.
0: So it all worked out. It all
1: worked out. And according to the director, Ken Quapis, Warners treated the film strictly as kids' fare without any more appeal, which limited the budget, leaving um, uh, Quapis free to do what he wanted because they didn't really care. But because there was a limit to funding, the test screenings were very, very limited To the point where he pushed for one that he had to pay for out of pocket. (laughs) And um, the final measures for the lack of studio's interest or faith in the movie were a promo campaign that amounted to, hey, Big Bird's in a movie. With the monumentally insane tagline, the first Sesame Street movie ever. (laughs) Leading up to a release in early August, a time of year when many American families go on vacation.
0: Yeah, it was just not well marketed. You have no. to, you have to actually market movies if you want them to be successful.
1: Yeah, you can't just say, "Look, Big Bird's in a movie. <laughs> Come see it." That's not gonna do it.
0: No, as you much as to, I love, you Big have Bird. to put a little more effort in.
1: Yeah. It also, after that, after the poor box office performance, became an HBO staple for years after its release. Overall, it did pretty great.
0: That's um, good to hear.
1: That is all of my notes on the movie.
0: All right. Do we have any other... I just have a quick note saying, if you haven't seen this movie, you should totally see it. Uh, it's on HBO Max. And if you don't have HBO, na- HBO Max, a lot of the clips are on YouTube.
1: Yeah. Um, I think it's pretty easy to rent on Amazon as well. If you wanted to just rent it for cheap. I know you can rent it on YouTube as well for like three bucks. Highly recommend
2: it.
0: Great. Maria, do you have any last minute notes?
2: We we had some uh, audio issues on my end. So I had to switch recording setups. So that's why I sound a little bit worse than I do normally. <laughs> um, what I was going to say is that... Um, I, even though I, I love the puppetry performances and all of this, and I adore Carol's... This is one of his best performances, I think, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I do love the the humans uh, in the cast and how they offset the puppetry. And mm-hmm. um, I, I think they're also at their uh, best game here as well on the You're movie. Right. You're right. Yeah. yeah.
0: I just have one more quick final note, because uh, I associate different, uh, each uh, different mu- Muppet movies with different performers. This is obviously Carol's movie for me. This is this is yeah. 100% his movie. Obviously. All right. Uh, any other thoughts before we go into Muppet Struggles?
2: I adore this movie, and I even though I love the Sesame Street set that we have, sometimes I do wish we just had the, the set of the movie as just the normal set. Because yeah. I love just looking at it like it's a street. It is so it, nice. It's such just, it's it's just a neighborhood. It truly is just a neighborhood that I, I love and adore. Yeah. And I want to live there in my dreams, but I can't. If only. If only.
0: Up at struggles time. So, right, you want
1: to okay. go first? Sure. So, last week, I actually meant to mention this struggle, and I didn't, for some reason. Um, Last week was Peter Lindsay's birthday, and I drew him a cute little doodle of Ernie with a balloon for his birthday, and he saw it. Mm-hmm. And I need to frame that because I'm lame. <laughs>
2: love that. Maria? So, um, during the uh, Capital Fourth performance of Kermit, all of us, we have a group chat along with with B. And we all uh, were talking uh, during the in- entirety of the show exclusively about Kermit. And at-, at the ending, we were all congratulating Matt in our chat and thought and- of that. And I asked about how Ben's group chat all-, all loved his performance and thought he was fantastic. And he-, he saw the tweet and he liked it. Hi, guys. Post-episode
1: editing Sprout here to say... For whatever reason, the recording got really wonky here towards the end. So just to clarify what Marino was saying, we had Matt Vogel see our tweet on Twitter about his great performance, and he liked it. Anyway, this is my excuse to try not to fix whatever's ruined. Bye!
0: Uh, My struggle this week is that this is my uh, last episode of Muppet fans talking.
1: For now, it's her last episode. For now, <laughs> terrible place to cut off. I know, but don't worry, everything's still cool. She'll be able to come back for some episodes. Everything's fine. Bye.
0: I knew it, and I'm and I'm gonna do my best to try to record when I can, but. This is uh, just a quick goodbye for now. If you want to know the reasons why, you can easily put the pieces together on Twitter. I'm not going to say it all on the podcast because I like to be an enigma. So, (laughs) there's that.
1: Yeah. But it's not like we're still going to be pretty active on Twitter. So, it's not like you're disappearing altogether.
0: you 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 can still follow me on Twitter and keep up with me. I will it again, you can you can probably put the puzzle pieces together there.
2: Yeah. And yeah.
1: I'm sure you'll see us talking about dumb shit on the timeline all the time.
0: I'm, I'm still going to make the stupidest tweets, guys. You don't have <laughs> yeah. to worry about that. That is not changing anytime soon.
2: And you, you don't have to worry about Muppet fans talking. Sprout and I will still be hosting the show and Mary will be coming back to record whenever she can. Uh, and well, we're going to have a great time and, and hopefully some, some maybe guest hosts here okay. and there. It it depends.
1: It'll be a fun time, but it yeah. will also well, be very sad.
2: Yes.
0: Well, I'm very, I'm very sad to step away for a bit, but
1: yeah.
2: Muppets fans talking will always be uh, the three of us together yeah. up in the balcony. <laughs> of
0: course. Of course. It, it, it can't change. Yeah. No. Any other notes before we sign off?
1: Not that I can think of. Uh, We'll miss
2: you. Yeah. That's a given, though. Yeah, that's a You already know this. We already talk about this. Oh, I know. Yeah. I just,
0: yeah, I... All right. Uh, thank you for listening to Muppet Fans Talking. Uh, I want to say a quick shout out to uh, Lily at Firefair at 93 on Twitter for making our cover art and our banner. And I'd like to thank Dennis at turning to stone on Twitter for doing the uh, intro as Scooter and the outro as Gonzo. And I would all and if you're interested in keeping up with the podcast, you can follow us at Muppets underscore talking on Twitter. We do not have Instagram. If you want to keep stay up to date with whatever I'm doing, uh, I'm at Muppet
2: Mulaney on Twitter. Uh, on all social media, I am at Nerdy Maria Mania, and I am Pow Pooh Sprout on Twitter.
0: We hope you have a Muppetational rest of your week. I can't wait to to see you all again, and all right, thanks for listening. Bye.
2: Bye.
1: And for my final trick, I will make this podcast end. I'm going to need complete silence for this.